Good morning. We will be reading this morning Rabash's article What are revealed and concealed in the work of the Creator. You can find the study materials in our website, in Svivatova and on the Arvut system. Hello to all the friends who have the lesson between us. Rav does not feel well, so first of all, let's pray to, for his health, all of us together, with the power of our connection. We're going to read together Rabash's article, what are revealed and concealed in the work of the Creator. And Rav asked us not to watch or record a lesson. He demanded that we work between us, that we read the article, that we work on it, that we connect. We have a full lesson in full. So we will read the article together. We will mark the main points we wish to discuss. We'll write down questions. of the Creator. Again, the writings of Rabash, what are revealed and concealed in the work of the Creator. The writing says, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Creator require of you but to do justice love, mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Here, in this verse, we see two things revealed before us. One, to do justice, where we see that he does justice. Two, love, mercy, where we see that he loves mercy. How do we know this? We see that he does mercy. He must certainly love it. Otherwise, he would not do mercy. One thing that was said here is concealed, as it is written, and to walk humbly with the Lord your God. We need to understand the meaning of walking humbly. In the literal, is interpreted that the two above things, doing justice and loving mercy, should be in concealment. So no one will see or sorry, so no one will show his good deeds. But what does this mean in a work? It is known that there are acts of mitzvot, commandments, and the intention of the mitzvot. In the actions, everyone is equal. There is no difference between a great righteous and an ordinary person since it was said about practicing a mitzvot, do not add and do not subtract. We do not say that the righteous has two mezuzas, one on the right side of the door and one on the left side. Remember the difference between great and small is only in the intention. In the intention, we should also make two discernments. To aim that now he's performing the commandment of the Creator. To aim for the reason that makes him observe the commandment of the Creator. However, in this regard, we should make several discernments. One is observing the commandment of the Creator, or by this, 
people around him will respect him and so forth. It follows that what compels him to keep the Creator's commandment is people, and it is not that the Creator is compelling him. That is, if there were no people around him, he would not observe the commandment of the Creator. And in this discernment too, we should discern whether he is doing it out of coercion. That is, a person who desecrates the Shabbat might work for a religious person. The rule is that if he can force him not to desecrate the Shabbat, the rule is that he must force him. For example, if he does not observe the Shabbat, he will fire him from the job. He has no other place to work. He will certainly promise him that he will not desecrate the Sabbath. It turns out that he is observing the commandment of his boss. Meaning, he follows the commandment of the giver of the work, and he has no connection with the Creator. However, in terms of the law, we see that this too is regarded as observing mitzvot. Otherwise, why would he need to force him to observe the mitzvot? It turns out that this uh, person is only working out of coercion. It is, as we said, that Maimonides said, in matters of above, if he did not revert in concealment, he's shamed public, he's despised and cursed until he repents. It follows that he is observing the mitzvot because the public is forcing him. Concerning the reason that people are compelling him, we should discern whether he enjoys performing that mitzvah or not. When he performs the mitzvot because he is respected and so forth, he enjoys observing the mitzvot. But if he is observing Torah and mitzvot because of coercion, he always yearns to come out of that exile. So he will not suffer from the Torah and mitzvot which is to him as will pass on his own will and will not be killed by the people who compel him to observe the Torah and mitzvot. It therefore follows that one who observes because of respect for people and so forth, you can observe the Torah and Mitzvot gladly. One who observes coercively cannot be in happiness. Rather, he sits and waits for an opportunity to escape from this exile. Since he is observing the commandments of the Creator, not because he wants to observe what the Creator said, but rather he must observe because people on the outside are chasing him. And he cannot suffer greater torments than the torments of observing For this reason, this manner is worse than the first one.
It follows that there are two discernments in aiming to observe Torah mitzvot. One, out of fear and by coercion. Two, out of love. And he is happy that he observes Torah mitzvot. There is another discernment in the reason that makes him observe Torah and Mitzvot. It is called walking humbly. This refers to the actions. So, everything he does, no one sees or hears of his good deeds. And he does everything in concealment. In terms of the intention, it is certainly hidden from the eye of every, every living thing. But in the intention, there are two discernments to make. One, is observing Torah and mitzvot and there is nothing here that is because of people since no one knows about his work. Rather, the reward that the Creator pays for listening to him is the reason compelling him to observe Torah and mitzvot. This manner is regarded as believing in the Creator and believing in reward and punishment. The reward and punishment is the reason compelling him to engage in Torah and Mitzvot. We can call this manner as working Lishma for her sake. Meaning for the Creator, and not for people to respect Him. This is certainly clean work, which is entirely for the Creator. One, respect to the actions, since no one sees His good deeds so that they will reward Him for it. To respect to the intention. He does not require people to pay him anything for this work in Torah and Mitzvot. Rather, he wants the Creator to pay his reward for his work. However, this manner of walking humbly is still incomplete, although it is more important than the true prior manners, which is when people compel him. The first is because of fear and coercion, the second is because of love. Here, however, the reason is that only the Creator compels him. Yet, since he wants reward in return for his work, by this he becomes separated from the Creator due to disparity of form. For this reason, his work is still incomplete. Complete work means that he works in concealment. His intention is that only the Creator compels him to to engage in Torah and mitzvot and other people have no grip on his work. At the same time, he is working not in order to receive reward, but only for the Creator. 
disregarded as wanting to adhere to the Creator, as in, as He is merciful, so you are merciful. This means that all His work is in order to bestow, and He derives great satisfaction from the privilege of serving the King. From this, he derives pleasure and joy, and he has no other need, meaning to be given anything else. Rather, when he observes to run with thought in utter simplicity and cannot aim any intentions, he settles for this as though he can serve the king with an impact. He's like a person working for the king as a cleaner compared to one who is the king's minister and advises the king wherever the king needs his help. There is certainly a great distance from the king's cleaning man, both in salary and in the respect compared to the king's minister. The lesson is that there is certainly a difference between one who is serving the king when he was rewarded with the secrets of Torah revealed to him and he entertains himself with the king and one who is a commoner observing Torah and mitzvot without any understanding of the intellect of the Torah. Rather, he is happy that he has been privileged with observing the king's commandments which he has given to him. He enjoys this more than any worldly pleasure. Since all the pleasures of this world seem to him as though they are serving the body, which is flesh and blood. But when he engages in utter simplicity, which is the simplest work, like the cleaner in the king's house, but he says, at the end of the day, whom do I want to delight? The king. And he does not want to serve himself, called the will to receive for his own sake. But my intention is that the Creator will enjoy my work. It follows that the person receive pleasure since without pleasure a person cannot work because of the nature that the creator has created according to the thought of creation which is his desire to do good to his creations desire and yearning to receive pleasure are imprinted in us. However, there are great differences regarding the things from which we can receive pleasure. That is, pleasure is called light, and there is no light without a cleat. It follows that the pleasure that one wants to receive is placed in some vessel. This means that there are pleasures clothed in corporeal pleasures, such as lust. Yet, in lust, too, there are several discernments to make. It is likewise with respect. And one can also derive pleasure from learning, knowledge, Every person can derive pleasure from the vessels which are generally called lust, respect, and 
knowledge. However, there is a fourth degree, which is serving the Creator. Sulam said in the introduction to the book of Zohar that there are four degrees called still, vegetative, animate, and speaking. One, still, means last. Two, vegetative, is called honor. Three, animate, is called knowledge. And four, speaking, is called serving the Creator. It follows that each and every one must receive pleasure. However, there is a difference from which clothing a person can derive delight and pleasure. In this, we should distinguish one from the other. For this reason, it turns out that the beginning of man's work on the path of truth is to achieve the degree of walk humbly with your God. That is, his work is in concealment. Where no one has any contact with his Torah and Mitzvot because it is concealed from people. However, there is another thing that should be here. Walk humbly with your God. With means in adhesion. His work should be in adhesion with your God and not in separation. This is so specifically when he works not in order to receive reward but entirely to bestow he has equivalence of form called adhesion with the Creator. But if his intention is to receive reward for the crea- from the Creator for his work, then he is deemed a receiver. And the Creator is the giver. It follows that there is no adhesion with the Creator here, not to the contrary. There is separation. For he is in oppositeness of form, the Creator. By this, we will understand what we asked, what is the meaning of walk humbly with your God. The literal meaning is that here is the beginning of the work called Lishma. It is, as Rabbi Meir said, he who learns Torah Lishma for her sake, is henceforth rewarded with many things, and the secrets of Torah revealed to him, and he becomes like an overflowing spring. It therefore follows that we should distinguish between the work of the general public and the work of the individual. The work of the general public refers to the whole of Israel, who learn Torah, as a practice. In other words, in actual fact, there are 70 nations in the world and there are good people with good qualities and there are the opposite, wicked. In other words, in the world, in general, there are many individuals. There, the order of the work is that the act is what matters. It is impossible to be meticulous that they would mind the intention to make it lishma. Instead, they are told from lo lishma, we come to lishma. Also, their work does not need to be in concealment. Instead, the order is that each one tells his friend how many good deeds he has, and how much time he dedicates to Torah and work. 
והתועלת מזה היא בבית אופנים. כי בזמן שהוא רואה שיש... והסיבה היא כידוע שכל מי שנותן איזוהי והשכר יכול להיות כלומר שיש לפעמים שעל ידי המעשה זו שהוא עושה Sometimes the act that he does makes people respect him. This is already regarded as reward, like money. That is, some people work for respect. And respect pertains precisely to where there are people who see his actions. However, There is a difference between money and respect from the perspective of the giver. Where one works for money, he does not care who gives the money. The giver can be a common person. But if he pays a higher price than a respectable person, With monetary payment, it is not the giver's personality that determines if the work is worthwhile, but the sum of money determines the place of the work. This is not so with one who works for respect. Here, the giver is precisely the one who determines. If the giver is a distinguished person, it is not so difficult to work for respect. However, this respect on the level to which the person is regarded by the public as an important person. It therefore follows that it is difficult to serve the Creator not in order to receive rewards, and a person expects some return. שחסר לאדם שיש בטבע מקובל ברבים כשאין אדם עוד מסוגל להרגיש את גדלות הבורחה. הנמצא בין חילונים, אלא לאחר שהאדם עבר את השלב של הכלל, and wants to come out of the general public, meaning being enslaved to the public, meaning that according to what the general public determines as the work of the Creator, this is what he can observe. But what is not accepted by the public, and he feels that 
the work of the general public is not a final stage. But he has an inner drive that there is the issue of work that pertains specifically to individuals, where each individual pertains the collective, then the matter of Lishma begins to be revealed to him. It is, as Maimonides says, until they gain more knowledge and acquire much wisdom, They are shown that secret bit by bit. They are accustomed to this manner calmly until they attain him and know him and serve him with love. It follows from all the above that there is the wholeness of the action and the wholeness of the intention. Once a person keeps the wholeness of the action which pertains to the general public, then he begins the work on the wholeness of the intention. This is when one must try to make the cause compelling him to observe to run mitzvot be the Creator, since he wants to bestow upon the Creator, because he believes in the greatness and importance of the Creator. For this reason, He regards it as a great privilege if he succeeds in serving the king. This work is called concealed work. Here, the work is primarily on the intention, which is not revealed to anyone. That is, Not a single person in the world can know the reason that compels his friend to work in Torah and Bitzvot. But in the work of the general public, called Lolishma, this is revealed work which is the practical part. This means that their wholeness is in the action. However, they were not given work on the intention, meaning to make the intention whole as well, meaning lishma. Instead, they are taught to engage in Torah and mitzvot as my Maridus says. It is written in the Zohar that concealed things belong to the Lord our God, which are fear and love, which are in the mind and in the heart. Those are the Yod Hei. Revealed things belong to us and to our children, meaning the Torah and the mitzvah, which are in the externality of the guf and the rosh. This is the bav hei. The meaning of the matter is that no one knows if a person fears the Creator or loves Him, since it is something that no one else knows since it is revealed only between him and his maker. But a person who engages in Torah and engages in practical mitzvot, this is revealed to everyone. Since here, the Creator has made it that he should engage in the Torah openly. Sorry, since the Creator has given him a mouth to engage in the Torah, and eyes to look at it, and ears to hear it, the Creator has also made man hands, legs, and a body with which to perform mitzvot. It is known that the name Havaya comprises five worlds called Ak and Abia, the tip of the Yud. Incorporates the Ak, 
They contain five parts of him called Galgalta, Ab, Sag, Ma, and Bon. They incorporate five sefirot. Keter, Chochma, Bina, Zerampin, and Malchut. This means that each and every phase is included in one letter in the name Havaya. The Zohar says about the verse, this is my name forever, this is my remembrance to all generations, my name with Yud Hei in Hebrew is 365 in Gematria, which implies to the 365 do not do commandments. The remembrance with Vav Hei is 248 in Gematria, implying to the, the to-do commandments. Al-Sulam explained why the negative mitzvot are implied in Yod Hei, which imply Chochma and Bina, and why the positive mitzvot, which are certainly things with which to serve the Creator, are at a lower degree, and are implied only in the Vav Hei. He said that in a world of correction, in order to prevent another shattering of the vessels, since the reason for the shattering was that there were great lights in small vessels. Hence, a correction was made that only small lights would shine, called lights of Vak. Because it is forbidden to draw lights of Gal, and Gal is called Yod Hei, which are Chochmah and Binah, but it is nonetheless necessary to draw lights of Vak. For this reason, the lights of Vak are implied in the name Vav. Therefore, the to-do mitzvot are in the vav which is vak, but the lights of gar, which are forbidden to draw, are called the not-do commandments, meaning the meaning that it is forbidden to draw. Accordingly, we can explain the meaning of Havaya that includes fear and love, which are Yod, Hei, and Torah and Mitzvah, which are Vav, Hei. We can explain them one at a time. One. Fear means that one should be afraid lest he will bring little contentment to his Maker. As it is written in the introduction to the book of Zohar, both the first fear and the second fear are not for his own benefit, but only for fear that he will lessen in bringing contentment to his Maker. Fear is the first commandment because it is impossible to truly believe in whole faith that he will not come into heresy before he has been rewarded with fear. It is, as it is written in the introduction to the book of Zohar, it is a law that the created being cannot receive disclosed evil from the Creator. For it is a flaw in the glory of the Creator for the created being to perceive him as an evil doer. Hence, when one feels bad, denial of the Creator's guidance lies upon him to the same extent. And the superior operator is concealed from him. However, when a person does all his works in order to bestow, at that time the vessels are, are fit to receive the delight and pleasure. 
and then there is faith upon him. Because in that state, he attains the Creator as the good who does good. It is as written in the Sulam, the letter commentary. Thus, it is no wonder that we are still unworthy of receiving his complete benefit. For this reason, his guidance of good and evil has been prescribed for us. It follows that this is the rule of faith by which we can be rewarded with permanent faith to love. Since through fear he is rewarded with delight and pleasure, at that time love appears. In love, too, we should discern between conditional love and unconditional love. As it is written in the introduction to the study of the Tensefirah, this is extended from fear, since precisely through fear we can obtain the desire to bestow. As our sages said, the light in it reforms him. For this reason, specifically through Torah, we can come to fear lest he will not be able to bring contentment to his maker. This is why the Torah is regarding the disclosure of fear. That is, if he is truly learning Torah on the path of truth, and not for the sake of knowledge, and his intention in the Torah is to achieve Fear. For this reason, the award of the work is from below upward. This is why the Torah, which is the Vav of Havaya, comes first, since through it he later achieves fear. However, one who learns Torah with a different intention not in order to, to achieve fear of heaven. This is not regarded as Torah, but as knowledge. It is, as our sages said, should a man tell you there is wisdom in the nations, believe it. There is Torah in the nations, do not believe it. Since Torah pertains to those who study in order to achieve fear of heaven. For mitzvah, this is the hay of Havaya, and it is extended from love, which is the first hay of Havaya. Because of this, performing of the mitzvot should be with love and joy of observing the king's commandments. Here too, we learn from below upward, meaning by a person exerting to observe the king's mitzvot with love by an awakening from below that causes an awakening from above, where the Creator reveals His love for Israel. As it is written, you loved us, and wanted us. It follows that through Torah, fear appears, and through mitzvah, love appears. This means that a person should begin the order of the work from below upward. One, first mitzvah, which is the last hay of Havaya, two, then Torah, which is the Vav of Havaya, then Lav, which is the first Hay of Havaya, four, and then Fear, which is the Yod of Havaya. 
אבל סדר השפעה הבאה מלמעלה, ולכן נקראת מלכות כנסת ישראל, משום שכוללת... The assembly of Israel, that it includes within it all the souls. This that is, by observing Torah and Mitzvot, they cause the unification of the Creator and His Shekhinah. Since Malchut is called the vessel of reception for the upper abundance, and the Creator is called the giver. This is why there is no unification here, called equivalence of form. But when we engage here below in acts of bestowal, each one causes equivalence of form in the root of his soul. This is called unification, like the Creator, who is the giver. It is, as it is written in the Zohar, the letter He is a confirmation of things. This means the meaning of the matter is take you with you things and return to the Creator. Certainly when a person sins, he causes the He to move farther away from the Vav, since then Yud-Hei-Vav, which is Vav, comprises Yud-Hei-Vav and departs from the letter Hei. This is why the temple was ruined and Israel were removed from there and were exiled among the nations. And this is why anyone who repents causes the Hei to return to the letter Vav. המאמרים So our first question is, what are the main principles that we heard from the article and that we wish to take and implement in our 10? So the first question is, what are the main principles we heard in the article and that we wish to take and implement in our written? Thank you all the friends for your questions. Let's go for, on the China question. Is it necessary to reach fear in the work? Is it necessary to reach fear in the work? Let's answer. Life will just go by and... Okay, friends, after we scrutinized China's question, is it necessary to reach fear in the work? We will continue to the next question from Moscow 7, which continues the previous question. How is a qualitative transition happened from fear to love? So the workshop question is, how is a qualitative transition... Love? 
flow upward, first of all we get love and then fear. We'll go to the next question. Let's take the question from Georgia that is continuing fear and love. They said this. Rabash writes about the order of uh, events from above downward. Mitzvah, Torah, Ava, and in the end there's fear. We're adding that there's an order of bestow that comes from above. First there's fear, then love, then Torah, and then mitzvah. So our question for the workshop, and this demands a connection in the tent, what's the difference between the orders from above downward to below upward? And what action should we begin with in the tent? Again, what's the difference between the two orders that Rabash is writing about, from below upward or above downward? And what action should we start with in the tent? in our connected ten. How can we find Rav in our connected ten? Let's scrutinize that between us. About finding the Rav in the ten. So we had a question, what is the difference between a lesson that we're doing on our own like this and a lesson where Rav is present? So for years we've been studying and coming to the lesson to get a feeling, to feel the reforming right, to connect to the sources, to find, to, to hear what Rav explains. And we come with an inner uh, feeling. Now that we're alone, what is our goal? What, just go through two hours and check mark that yes, we've managed to go through it and talk to each other. And, okay, so maybe we can do this for once or twice, but then what? Meaning, why are we not sitting and talking and listening? Why are we doing this? And when I listen to the friend, but the goal doesn't change. We have to reach the same feeling to draw reforming light, to open the sources, to reveal everything that Rav has played for us all those years between us, because Rav is within us, in the connections between us. In every molecule of our body, he is there. We just have to find it through our relation toward each other, by how we listen to the questions, how we express ourselves toward each other, the seriousness. So we should ask ourselves, what do we want? So now, let's get into a workshop on the question is, what is special about such lessons and what is our relation? What do we want to achieve uh, with respect to the 10 and the world clique? 